Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Oriri podcast, the podcast that tells African stories. I'm Halima. And I'm Sassy. And today we're here with our regular guest, who is actually not a guest, Imisi, to talk about African festivals and rituals. Yeah. Hello, guys. Hi, Missy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to cut in. How have you guys been? We've been good. We've been all right. I'm tired, man. Sorry about that. You sound tired. Don't worry. When we start to talk about masquerading and costume as regards festival, I'm sure you're going to get pumped up. (laughs) I'm sure I will. Okay, so um, let's just get right into it, I guess. So um, I think we'll start with the definition of a festival and the definition of a ritual. So Imisi, do you want to answer that? Yeah, what's a festival? And what's a ritual? Um, okay. Uh, a festival is uh, can be defined, simply defined as a periodic event um, that calls for celebration. Uh, I mean, it's just any kind of event that people come together to celebrate and um, it remains a form of entertainment for the people. Like um, it's done from time to time and it's just uh, foregrounds the customs and traditions of the celebrants, basically. Um, while on the other hand, a ritual is almost like a festival because it also represents a form of reenactment and an event although it is much more um, sacred and sacrosanct than a festival. Oh, nice. Um, so have you guys like witnessed or participated in any African type of festival or ritual? Well, I've, I've, I've witnessed one before, and that was in Nigeria, um, or your state precisely, Ibadan, and... Um, actually, when, you, when we talk about festivals, there are different types of festivals. You know, as I said, festival is just the general term for periodic events. But when you have festivals, you have subsets or forms of festivals. You have, um, you know, masquerading, you have ancestral worships, you have puppet shows and stuff like that. So the one I witnessed was masquerading and is also a form of festival because uh, it brings the people together and it allows or enables the people to celebrate. So I witnessed um, uh, the Ololu Masquerade of Ibadan. And Ololu Masquerade is a very important um, event in Ibadan, Oyo State, because um, the coming of the Masquerade, you know, um, helps the people to come together and it cleanses the society. I even heard a story at the time that um, people, uh, women who were barren, Anytime the masquerade came, um, we're able to give birth like months later and all of that. So uh, it's a very intricate masquerade with uh, beautiful costumes and very fierce one as well, such that children and women, um, I I always advise to move far away from it anytime it comes out. Only men are allowed to come close to it because it's a very fairy masquerade. Uh, But even at that, it's also a masquerade that brings peace to the people. So... Oh, that's really interesting. I have actually witnessed um, a sort of masquerade festival as well. This one is called Igunuko Festival, and it was in Ogun State. And 
the masquerades they're just like super tall like i think the tallest one went as far as like 30 35 feet and then they can also become like really small so it was very interesting to see and then of course when i was like again i do the most with this podcast so when i was um i i tried to research on igunuko and everything and i found out that in jamaica they have like some sort of igunuko festival but theirs is called Jonkunu. so that was very interesting to see and i just thought to share that so yeah oh wow that's interesting wait um you said they could go so tall and then become short like how do they do you know how they do that is it like they have something on their foot or something how do they manage to do that yeah i think that one is probably like from the rituals and everything because i don't know how that happens honestly they just like grow really tall and then they become like really short sometimes they roll sometimes they become like flat on the floor so i think it's part of like the magic and everything like i think it's something to do with the costumes they wear i don't think so because i don't think a human being okay like when they're really short yeah they're like let me say something like two feet or something. And then you guys can also check out like YouTube for videos on, on what I'm describing. I think it's part of like the rituals they do. I don't know. I really don't know. But um, like Imisi said, um, the, the purpose of the Igunuko festival is to cleanse the society. And then on the last day of the festival, of course, I think it goes for like seven days or four days or something. And then they have this drink that they make and then they share to everyone present. And then that drink is supposed to like cure any disease, send away evil forces and everything. So it's a relatively peaceful festival. But you're not supposed to wear shoes. I know if you wear shoes or if you're wearing slippers or something, the masquerade beats you, according to people. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. Personally, I've never witnessed a festival myself, although I, I, I find them interesting, like an interesting concept. But I want to really understand, since we're talking about festivals and rituals, I want to understand the distinction between them exactly. So basically, it seems from what Missy said, that a festival is like any event that happens at the time of celebration or something like that, or not even necessarily celebration, but just to mark something. So I guess they have festivals when it's a new season or they yeah. have festivals. Like, yeah. So it, it marks something in particular. But a ritual, so is a ritual like a festival with a religious connotation? Yes, yes. It's safe to say that you're right. Okay, That's okay. what a ritual is. A ritual is meant for, um, let's just say a ritual is is divine uh, and the festival is, is secular. Because when it comes to a ritual, you expect a result. You expect that, okay, when we do this reenactment or when we celebrate this thing, something is going to happen pretty soon. That is for rituals. So yes, it has a religious undertone to it. Such that in rituals, you see people worshipping, so, so, so gods, you know, pouring and um, doing libations, pouring palm oil on so, so, so things. And then you see prayers as well. Like, for example, let me give an example. Ancestral, ancestral worships, for example. Uh, you see materials like carved woods. You see akara. For example, in Anambra states, there's something they do. It's called Oguche. And when they do this, they, when, they first, when a male child is born, you know, they plant a tree to represent it. That's a ritual, you understand. So when they do that, it has a religious connotation to it. So yes, you're right. You're right about that. 
And I think okay. um, in every African festival, there has to be some sort of ritual. Yeah, well, I'm not so sure. I, I think the last time we had a conversation, you and I, Alima, we had, uh, we weren't, we were kind of undecided on this. You mean ritual, between ritual and festival. You told me that it's possible to have a ritual without a festival. And I said that a ritual has to be a part of a festival. Uh, Ceci, what do you think? I'm still undecided about that. To be honest, like, while I understand the distinction, kind of, I still find that festivals kind of do have, like, they, they kind of do have some, some element of religion too. So it's, it's a very blurry line because in mm-hmm. festivals, like, there's always this rule or there's always this, uh, you know, there, there's just something there that's part of the traditional religion as well. So, and sometimes people even say masquerades are supposed to represent something religious too, right? And masquerades are in festivals and not necessarily yeah. in rituals. So it is, it's very hard to, that line is, is very thin. It might not even be there. <laughs> okay, so let's know your opinion, guys. Me, I personally think that um, like at every festival, there has to be a ritual. But for every ritual, a festival doesn't have to be celebrated, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, that agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that depends on what you define a ritual as. So, because me, when I hear ritual, mm-hmm. this is actually my first time of thinking of a ritual the way that we're, we are um, describing it now. But I always assumed a ritual to be something like explicitly religious and not a festival at all, something more private. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. rather than something that's kind of a celebration. Although I, I get that there are group rituals, even outside African cultures, like the rain dances some cultures do and things like that. That's kind of a ritual, right? Because they're expecting your God to give you rain while you do a special dance around and it's a yeah. public ritual. But then I was also thinking of private rituals wherein people go and like ask traditional gods for like for things like a child or for things like you know, money or whatever. Yeah. And they do this, they have a specific rights or a specific set of instructions that they're supposed to follow. So that is what I thought of a ritual as. But yeah, so this is just a very interesting talk actually because I'm, I'm getting enlightened. Yeah, and in other parts of the African country, like um, continent rather, did I just say African country? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my goodness. What? Okay, so another part of the African continent, they well, celebrate festivals as well. So I think there's an example of the Ada Ekese festival. Mm. I think that one is celebrated in Ghana. Uh. The Ada Ekese festival, in brackets, it means um, big resting place. And I think, okay, it's a fest, it's an Ashanti festival that glorifies the achievements of the Asante kingdom. So all these places are in modern-day Ghana, in the western part of Africa. And it is the occasion with the purification ceremony of Odwira. I think that's a Ghanaian god, right? Yeah, Odwira is a... a- commemoration of the battle of Katamanzu, like it was it's a it's a historical event it was a battle that happened a long time ago so Odura represents when um the people annexed the Ashanti tribe and the Ashanti land so it's always like they, they always look uh, in retrospect to that event and that's that's what Odura is about 
Oh, okay. And then the Adai Keste Festival is just to like celebrate this occasion and like bring in the new year and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. And and this brings us back to the festival and ritual of dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Like I I when you said it that it's possible to have a festival without a ritual, or how did you say it's possible to have a ritual, it's possible to have a ritual without a festival, but it's not possible a... to have a festival without a yeah. ritual. Oh yeah, then then it sounds like I'm I'm starting to accept your own point of view because <laughs> <laughs> because I just realized that there are some rituals that are only that are very esoteric that they are only done by initiates and then they are not allowed. They just go to some secluded places and do the things because when you come to think of it, um, industrialization and uh, the modern age has put an end to many things that we do. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in this um, uh, Adakese, Fest, Adakese festival, for example, I'm sure that there are things that they do that they don't come out in the open to do anymore. You understand? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are things that the priests have to go to the background to do and, you know, for the commemoration of that, that event. So I feel like it's possible to have a ritual without the festival. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So um, Imisi said something when he was describing the Ololu festival about how women are not supposed to um, see that. And then with the Igunuko festival too, I hear that the women are not allowed to go into like the shrine and everything. They just have like the mainstream gender roles, like women gender roles of like praying, cooking food and stuff. So what do you guys think about like, women african women and african festivals slash rituals i feel like something with a lot of traditional african religions is kind of this um separation of the sexes Mm -hmm. and not necessarily even like just separation of sexes but separation of sexes wherein the women are supposed to like either not be seen you know like uh, or they're supposed to be performing some sort of labor um yeah yeah and then the men get to enjoy the festivities. And you know what? It is even reflective in a lot of just like regular societal things you do. If you want to extend the definition of festivals to like any celebration to parties, think about parties as well. Like Christmas parties in a lot of Nigerian household or whatever the season is, Ilea or whatever, wherein, you know, everybody gets to enjoy themselves except people that are in the kitchen cooking. And that role is usually relegated to women in a lot of households. So like the mother and the sisters and the aunties and all of them, they should go to the kitchen and cook while the men will sit in front of the TV or they'll yeah. be, you know, enjoying themselves outside. But if you dare complain, you must be an agitator. <laughs> you must but, be a troublemaker. But I, I beg to differ because those ladies enjoy those roles. I mean, in the eh? traditional African setting, let me explain to you why. Because they actually have roles that they have always played. And one important thing about these roles is that they get to make more money and they get to be involved in the, in the scheme of things. Because, for example, women are the ones who cook. I'm talking okay. about roles given to women. I mean, looking at it from the lenses of, of, let me not say feminism as such, but looking at it from the lenses of equity and equality, you'd say that, okay, those rules are subservient and all of that. But there are still rules. 
And the ladies at the time used to enjoy them because they get to sell their wares a lot. Like that's when they have Moi Moi, Akara, you know, Calabash and all of that. They sell very well because those are the things they use um, when the festivals are going on. So I, I don't think if they were here to speak, I don't think they would say, no, they don't want those roles, that they want to be a, a, a more important part of the festivals. But what do you guys think? I don't know whether you understand where I'm coming from. I disagree, I disagree with you. We both disagree with you. And, and I want to state my, my reasons for it. Now, I'm not one to impose any type of, you know, feeling on people. I'm sure it's possible that there are women who enjoy the cooking. Like, there are women who would prefer to do that rather than enjoy themselves. Those people exist too. You don't know, in, in this life, everybody has their own... <laughs> their own preference that's that but there are people who don't enjoy it too and they don't get a choice do you know what i mean that is the role that they are delegated to and they don't they don't have the option of complaining or of refusing to participate or perform in that way and i also find it very funny how this kind of thing you know it's not just in in those specific settings anymore i've even talked about how it has expanded to become part of our culture when we're having celebrations and things and why is it that one of the roles is labor? Meanwhile, one of the roles is enjoyment. <laughs> and we know who is getting which. You know, I don't think that that is equitable. It's not fair. And there are men who like cooking too, you know. Men too exactly. like to make money. Yeah. They like yes. money to mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you guys have a point. I, I agree. But women have always been known to be more uh, dexterous, creative than mm, men. That's how they say For example, women, you ask your war dance. Okay, yeah, I can hear you. Continue. I was okay. saying, uh, I always say women are, have always done something. Women have always enjoyed it. Women have always wanted to do this, you know. Women, they grow up faster than men. They are better suited to be, they grow up faster, <laughs> but they are not suited to be leaders, though. They are only suited to be cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> That's the one that they grow up <laughs> Yeah, I, I get you guys' point, and you have a point. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, those roles that women play, we could say that they are not, they are subservient roles. But at the same time, they are important because when you take those things off those festivals, then they are not festivals anymore. For example, in the Oafia War Dance of Abia States, you see women creating the costumes that they wear. The costume is um, a, a Oafia War Dance. It's a war dance. And the dance festival is practiced by muscular men to commemorate the strength and might of their ancestors. And so there's something called the Ikwiri Ogu. That's the act of beheading an enemy when they do that dance. And during this festival, it's the women that make the costumes that the men wear. You know, they assemble and compile all the things that they use for the festival. And so without those roles, the festival is impossible. So even if you say that they are subservient roles, which is of labor, they are still important. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, Yeah. we get that they're important roles, but I think the uh, our point here is that women are assigned these roles, like these roles are forced upon them. We're not giving like the choice to pick. Let's say, okay, I don't want to make dresses, I don't want to cook food, I actually want to be in the shrine, but we don't have that option. Do you get? Oh, I want to watch. You know, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't want to dance. <laughs> okay, next time there's a masquerade, there's a masquerade ceremony. Are you going to take off the costume, the eku, as they call it in your band? Wait, I can you some assault? <laughs> no, no, no. The point is not that there are certain people in this world who can't somersault. And you, you're like fine. Yeah, yeah your point is you about it. It's not like there are no women in this world that cannot somersault. Oh. First of all, it's not all the men in the community that will be in the costume. There are exactly. only like two or three people in the costume. There are many people who come. Why can't they help out? <laughs> oh. That stuff. Well, you know what I, I mean. Guys, I, I, I an African man. Yeah, I oh. Guess. I, oh. No, oh. no, I actually agree with oh. you guys. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring bring about uh, you know different ideas so that we reach mm-hmm. an agreement here. I'm actually not a not uh, a. I'm, I'm I'm not an agent of patriarchy. That's that's who yeah, you are. I'm not a patriarchal <laughs> person. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm not a misogynist or anything. I'm just trying to. So well. I agree with you. I agree to be to fair, we want to give our viewers a true representation of African society. So this is actually yeah. how it is. This is actually yeah. what a lot of people think. So you guys are actually, you know, learning <laughs> how yeah. it really is. True. Okay, so you guys, to conclude this episode, let's talk about like the significance of these festivals in modern day Africa. Yeah, why? Why exactly do a lot of African mm-hmm. cultures have festivals? What is it supposed to represent? What is it supposed to provide? Like, why do you think so? Missy, let's hear your perspective. Um, okay, I, I think the most important uh, thing about festival rituals is for the societal cleansing that it does. You know, that's, that's beyond every other significance that it has. When things happen in society, in Yoruba, they say, um, that is birds don't sound like birds anymore so when those things happen people have to uh, consult with the divine they have to do divinations to get answers and so when you when rituals and festivals happen it helps to cleanse to the society and that's really important so barren women give birth uh, you know um, people who are poor or something they become rich you know Good things happen when festivals and rituals happen because um, rituals are done, are intended for specific results. So good things happen when rituals and festivals happen. Yeah, and I think another benefit or let me say significance of these festivals is because um, most African societies, they're very communal, like they like community, they like mm. togetherness. And I think these festivals are just like a chance to celebrate togetherness, to kind of get together and just relax, meet people and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're right. Uh, in the area festival, for example, of Undo State people, it's a festival where people eat yam. It's like a new yam festival. People from outside the country they mm-hmm. come back home to celebrate that festival. That is, you get to see, you know, your relatives that you've only heard about but you've not seen before. So, I think it brings about togetherness and social cohesion. Like you said. Yeah. I have to say, I really like the concept of festivals, African festivals. And I like, kind of, I like what they represent. And I wish they were a bit more, let's say, mainstream, not so extreme, <laughs> while being so. Like, I wish we had a lot of more festivals on a, let's say, smaller scale, rather than it having to be this big event all the time and only in, you know, specific areas. I just think it would be something 
good, especially to give people a sense of community and things like that in, in other cities in Lagos. And I want to just say this thing. You know when, I don't know if anybody else watches Bollywood movies. Me, I love Bollywood movies, Sha. And there's always some. I do sometimes. I love them. <laughs> I love them. I love all the dancing and singing. And there's always some kind of events going on, which is kind of like a festival where they do some religious thing and the whole community is there. Everybody's dancing and singing and, you know, they're, yeah. they're all kumbaya. I mean, in the end, Bollywood movies are a bit unrealistic, but sometimes, you know, they're fun. And, and those elements are actually things that happen in their cultures. And I just would like it if, if Africans embraced our own festivals and things as much as they do and shared them as much as they do with the world as well. I think you're underestimating Nollywood, though. They share rituals, but they just don't share... Um, it's only the money ritual, blood ritual. It's only the money ritual. always passing witches or something. They never represent it as something good, though. Positive, or as something yeah. positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always something negative. Someone is dying. Someone mm-hmm. is using it to get blood money and stuff like that. So I, I think we should have it. It doesn't even have to be necessarily positive, but just a fair and honest representation. Yeah. Of what yes. our culture actually is. Yes, I think so. I think so as well. And in in um, giving a clearer picture or a an ideal picture of festivals and rituals in those Nollywood movies, I think they have to start to um, incorporate our proverbs, riddles, idioms, mm-hmm. aphorisms, and and traditional African jokes because that's the essence of festivals. Because during festivals, you see proverbs and you know, sayings that have been long lost, you know, coming back to the fore. But in those, in those Nollywood movies, they don't really make enough research to uh, depict those things. So they need to add that as well. I, oh, they just always call for all the time. I can't mm-hmm. remember where I heard that. Mama call for, mama call By the way, Puffo is incantations, you guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, this has been quite an interesting and enlightening episode for me. I've learned about distinctions between festival and rituals. I've learned about different types of festivals. I've learned about the different roles that are played and argued passionately against them. Uh, So I really enjoyed this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You guys, don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms. On Instagram, we're orire underscore Africa. Orire is spelled O-R-I-I-R-E underscore Africa. On Twitter, we're also Orire underscore Africa. And then our website is www.orire.com. Anyways, this was a very interesting episode. Yes. Thank you yeah. for joining us, Emissy. And thanks, right. everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.